0: Throbbing his home. Sweet song. Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head. Get up, get up, get out of the bed, cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red, live. Love, love and be happy. What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still Oh, sweet song.
2: Yeah, looks like it's time to concentrate on the league. Live. <laughs> oh, good evening to you. Welcome to Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday evening. My name is is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio as we get ready to look back at yesterday's uh, 2-0 home FA Cup defeat. Uh, just one change in the studio this week from last week's <laughs> show. Uh, joining us, uh, Tom Wallin, how you doing Tom? Yeah, good. Yeah? Good. Uh, did you, you didn't go yesterday actually, so, you, so you're, you, you you didn't miss that, you were rotated out. I was out rotated out, out. Stands, yeah. yeah.
1: He's definitely second string. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was gutted, but I'll be back for Saturday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent, and uh, joining myself and Tom here in the studio at the Valley is the grand old man of Charlton Life who will never get rotated out of anything. <laughs>
1: More expendable, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to keep me safe or anything. Yeah,
2: uh, are you well, Terry. <laughs> uh, yes, not too yeah, bad. Time. Day,
1: yeah. uh, well, I've had better. You've had, you've had better days. Better days. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, do, do I like losing? No,
2: no. <laughs> I'm starting to sound like Lebo I'll start asking me any questions. Yeah. I did that on Thursday yeah. as well. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: yeah, are we all starting to sound like Lebo Yes, we are. Yeah, uh, right on tonight's show. Then we will look back at yesterday's 2 uh, 0 FA Cup defeat, and our, I imagine we'll be written out of a fair few tweets uh, <laughs> either for or against the, the the decision to make nine changes. Uh, for the FA Cup tie. There's certainly a split out there and uh, I feel like we're going to hear both uh, sides of it uh, this evening. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to hear the highlights. We're going to hear exclusively uh, from Lee Bowyer after the game as well as he explains his decision to make the nine changes, uh, concentrate on the league, uh, as I said, at at the top of the show. there Now, and in the second half of the show, we have got a real treat for you. Uh, On the phone this afternoon, I spoke to an absolute Charlton hero of mine, uh, John Robinson, an absolute Charlton legend. He played uh, in the Back to the Valley game. He also, of course, played uh, in the 1998 playoff final, I, was, uh, I had the privilege to speak to him on the phone for nearly 25 minutes. Later, and so we've got an extended interview uh, with Robbo. <laughs> Robo couldn't get away, could he? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if it was up to me, the entire hour and a half would just be me chatting to Robbo. He, he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, so we're going to hear from uh, John Robinson later on in the show. Um, we're also going to pay tribute to Darren Pitcher uh, as well. Robbo does, and, and Terry um, is going to have more memories of him. Uh, ...than me and Tom do, unfortunately, so we'll speak about him later on the show. If you want to share your memories of Darren Pittras, or you can do so. Uh, And then right at the end of uh, of the show tonight, I mean, it's not too often uh, I I get to say this on the show, but uh, there isn't enough space to fit in all the legends we had. Uh, Normally we can get us free in quite comfortably... Um, But there's another legend that's going to be on Thursday's show, but I'm going to play you a little teaser uh, later on in the show. You can guess who that's going to be uh, as well. So just before we hear the highlights, uh, don't forget you can have your say. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, to have your say about yesterday's game, um, about Darren Pitcher, about John Robertson, if you want to as well. Um, I feel the major talking point this evening is going to be the... Choice to make nine changes. Uh, that that was the major talking point on Twitter and all that yesterday. I asked Lee Bowyer about it. Terry, you asked Lee Bowyer about it as well, and he was pretty staunch in his defence of you know the league is the most important thing, and we're a club with a tiny squad. If we're being honest. Um, who are hopefully going to try and push for promotion? We've had horrendous luck with injuries. That's what Lee is saying. But then there's probably three thousand Charlton fans who turn up yesterday and had to pay fifteen quid, which is actually quite a lot for a cup tie. Who probably thinking maybe we should have had a a more first team side I, out. Yeah, it's a I like, tough one. Look, well it
1: is. I mean I get not being happy because we lost, um, and there are a number of us who, who still value the the FA Cup. Mm. So I get that. You know, I know I do understand why people are miffed. <clears throat> what I get less, I think, is that. Lee Bowyer is not exactly, um, I mean, unless you've been living in a cave, Lee Bowyer for the last month plus before Mansfield has been saying he doesn't care about the FA Cup, the FA Cup is of no concern to him whatsoever. The league's his priority, that's what he's going to do. He's going to put, uh, a, 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 not a reserve side, but he's going to put uh, an understrength side in the FA Cup, uh, returning players, kids, he's going to do it. That's what. And he said he made no apology for doing it, but he said he was going to do it. So everybody who came yesterday should have known that.
2: It's funny if you look at the squad we put out in the League Cup away at Milton Keynes was literally like the under-23s and the under-18s. Was, yeah. And there was, there wasn't this level of uh, tweets and, and message boards, comments going around. So the the difference is obviously between the FA Cup and the League Cup. No one cares about the checker trade, for example. <laughs> um, Tom, I mean, you know, I'll put you on the spot. You didn't come yesterday, so... Can uh, you, I don't think you could possibly say, well, you know, the FA Cup's as, in, as important as the league or anything like that.
3: Um, I didn't come because I had something else. If I'd have had no plans, I would have come down. I would have paid my money, probably. Um, but I also would have come down knowing we were going to play a weaker side. I think having said that, I don't think it was as weak as some people are making out. There's a lot of players there who would have been wanting to try and play their way into the first team. Um but yeah, like you guys, I I completely get where Lebo is coming from. I mean that that day over at Fulham a few years ago, when we were when we were romping League One, w- was absolutely brilliant. One of the best away days I've had in a long, long time. And of course, it would have been great if something like that could have happened again. But you know, it's not the same squad. It, it's not the same position. We're you know we're flirting with the playoff places at the moment. And and Lebo is right. The league is the priority at the moment, and that's what we need to concentrate on. So whilst it would have been lovely to get Man City away or something like that, we could easily have got Gillingham at home as well. So I think he's done the sensible thing. I think he's been pragmatic. It's not going to please everyone, and I understand the other point of view, but, I, you know, the proof will be in the pudding on Saturday, I think. Yeah, I think, and that's that's fair, and, I, and I, you're you're hearing the interview, I alluded to a little bit, that...
1: Uh, you know the pressure is on a little. I think a little mm. bit because he's made that decision, and I don't have a problem with it personally. And I, I, I get why other people might, but no, I understand that other people have. Um, but um, he's now got, to, or the players have got to perform in the mm. next, certainly in the next one, the Blackpool one, and, and probably the next two. Portsmouth less so, maybe, but certainly the Blackpool game now becomes uh, if you don't win, you're going to cop some <laughs> type <laughs> of game, isn't it? I mean, and and he's uh, and he's put that. Um, you know that the club has put that. It, in amongst its, you know, to itself, if you like, because um, by doing what we did yesterday... Uh, it's made that game, uh, put the microscope on him a little bit, I think.
2: Right, let's have a quick listen to the highlights. It wasn't all one-way traffic by any stretch of the imagination yesterday against the Doncaster team uh, that was effectively their full-strength side, p- per- apart from perhaps the goalkeeper. But yeah. I-, I looked it up, I think he has actually played a few games recently, so I think he's had to wait his, uh, his turn. But it was you know, a full-strength uh, Doncaster side. Cholton made a lot of changes, nine changes, uh, but they had their chances. This is the highlights, how it went down in valley pass with, uh, with Terry over there and with Greg yesterday afternoon.
1: Marshall, right hand edge of the penalty area. Ball, little touch into Lapsley, into the box. Lapsley crossing it over. Oh, it's a oh. Back, almost like a little flick from Akin Fairchild, but just blocked away and cleared oh. on the overlap. Marshall, halfway inside the Doncaster half, looking to take his man on. Steps goes back to Lapsley. Now he might swing it in. He does. This could be a deep one towards a Jose. A Jose, little touch to Clark. Oh, oh. and it's blocked away by the man to the left of the keeper. I think that was uh, Butler and Doncaster survive oh, another goal. It's pick
4: out on the right-hand side to find Marquise. Marquise closed down by Stevenson. He has Mason in the overlap and uses him. Mason, born to the box, is a lovely ball in and no one attacked it right across the face of goal. I actually
1: disagree with that. I don't think that was a good ball in at all. Um, I think uh, he fizzed it across and it looked spectacular because he went straight across the six-yard box but he didn't pick out a, uh, a Doncaster shirt and when you've got that
4: much space and time I think that's the least you've got to trying to drive the ball forward oh, he's well touched played, it down the line and got past Andrew Marshall crossing opportunity ball. looks at the far post and Clark Clark controls onto his left foot Clark oh. goes for the shot it's deflecting off Mason a lovely bit of play from Mark Marshall that on the is right is side superb from Mark Marshall he had nowhere to go Actually, Reeves in the middle he's got acres of space Reeves controls thinks about a shot Reeves will go for it deflection, oh, deflection. off of Rowe and it's out for the corner and the goalkeeper comes screaming out of his defense I tell you what
1: that would have been interesting if that had avoided that deflection. Just how close that might have been to the right and end corner. held up
4: by Reeves that's a good block from Reeves to prevent l- the ball into the box as Mason has it again little chip ball forward to Rowe that's a lovely layoff and on the strike it's Ooh. a good effort from Kane but it fell nicely to Phillips who just touched it down and then collected the loose ball and it's a long kick forward clears likewise for Charlton and there is the half-time whistle I was right there's no added time which probably sums up the first 45 minutes forced away by Lapsley the ball finds Whiteman as a decent one Whiteman controls shapes the shoot goes onto his left foot reverse ball into the penalty finds May May ball across guards great handling from Dylan Phillips to deny the ball coming into the the ball straight away to Lapsley Lapsley down the line to Marshall and those two are combined well for Charlton Marshall (laughs) Just about keeping the ball alive for Charlton driving forward. It's on a good run here, Marshall. Marshall to left-hand side, finds Reeves. Reeves with Stevenson on the overlap. Reeves using decoy, goal-bound shot headed away by Anderson and out for the Charlton corner. It's a lovely counter-attack from the Addicts. It's going to be Ben Reeves or Biddy Clark. It's going to be the captain for today, Clark, I think. Clark steps over the ball, gets over the wall, Off oh! the bar! Corner, isn't it? It is off the bar, oh, inches no. away from scoring a goal. Billy Clark... Going to be taken by Andrew. Chips it into the penalty area. There's a header from Butler. It's come off of Marshall and it's gone in. And Joan have conceded a rather soft goal. The corner came in. Butler with the header down. Marshall standing right in front of Phillips. It just comes off his chest and into the back of the net. And Doncaster have the lead.
1: It Must go down as an own goal, that. Just rolled off Marshall's chest. It was going comfortably to Dylan Phillips otherwise. And somehow it's just rolled off, Mar- which is really tough on Mark Marshall, because he's probably been one of the better players this afternoon for uh, Mark at the far side. He gets his head down, it's uh, oh, flicked away by it. Sarr, it's bouncing in the area. Wilkes with a shot, cleared away again, and this time Albie Morgan can touch it away to the Marshall. He's on his toes, Marshall. Crawford's pursuing him, but Marshall shows him a clean pair of heels. Further down the right, he's gone. Mark Marshall still on it, going into the far side. It's a lovely cross in, oh, just under Jose. It'll drop track in Fairchild, oh, who can't get it out from under his feet. And Doncaster clearing it, it comes away. in Navisols there. It's gone beyond Navisols, bent it back across, and it's a soft one. And it's Butter again, it who's put the head up back across and into the net.
4: And Doncaster 2-0. Yeah, I think Marquis just touched it on the line as I'm well. Sure I don't he know.
1: was offside if he touched it.
4: A, I don't know who got the final contact, but it's a terrible goal again for chance to concede. And it's just a ball to the back post, and I think it might have been sorry. Didn't quite read it and it's managed his way to work to Butler, heads it back across and here's Marquise who's been credited with the goal I think he was actually, he made his run deep and touched it on the line Six, it's a header
1: in by Marsh. Oh. What a save from the keeper that was Lapsley trying to make it back, ball Taylor to Wilkes, Wilkes back to Taylor edge of the penalty area, trying to go back to Wilkes it's almost found him as well, it has and that's a great save from Dylan Phillips and it's needs Dylan Phillips to scamper back to get the second possibility for a shot, now he swings it across to the right hand side and Marshall can he take his mate Sarpong Radio on the overlap? Sarpong Radio, chip ball back across. Headed
0: in! Oh, oh. Stevenson
1: over the bar. Oh, he should score. It's a lovely move by Charlton to create the opportunity. Ball back into the box from Sarpong Radio. You'd put your house on Stevenson, burying that with his head. And he just looped it over the bar. And that is the final whistle, I'm afraid, here at the Valley. As Charlton go out of the FA Cup at the second round.
2: Two Doncaster Rovers. So there we go, the highlights of yesterday's 2-0 FA Cup defeat uh, against Doncaster Rovers. We're still trying to work out how Toby the Hatrick Stephenson <laughs> didn't continue his remarkable goal record. But, you know, there was chances. It could have it gone another way. I mean, I was frustrated at the end of it when we went out, you know, because I wanted to go through to the third round. But even with the changes that were made, we did have some chances.
1: And I think uh, when you consider that that was Doncaster's strongest team, barring perhaps the goalkeeper as you said, the fact that our what effectively was our... Second eleven, if you like. Uh, well, certainly, eight of them were. Then um, we gave them a real run and uh, had it. Uh, had um, Clark's free kick gone under the bar still over it, if the chances we created could have grabbed one of them before then, it would have been completely different. Mm. Uh, so I think, you know, as much as I was disappointed going out and uh, and um, losing generally, you know, I think the, the, the players that were out there put in a good shift and and, uh, and didn't do it themselves. I mean, I really felt, for, felt sorry for Mark Marshall. I mean, he I'm yeah. so, um, probably one of his best games. Uh, and that own goal that rolled up his chest and avoided uh, Dylan Phillips. So it was really tough luck.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we talk about the quality of the goals that we can see. It, it, it was disappointing both from set pieces, which isn't something that we've we've struggled with too often uh, this season. I mean, the the first one it was is a really soft header towards the goal from Butler. Um, and does it go down as an own goal or not? We were discussing yeah, this I after. Think so. Yeah, it's because to, it was it? it was on target, but you feel like Phillips would have it's saved going, it otherwise. It's so. Going straight down his throat. It, yeah.
1: there's no way he wouldn't have saved it otherwise. Mm.
2: So I mean. Yeah, you know, for all the, the the good stuff, and we we all talk about the goals. It, it well, was disappointing to concede twice from set pieces. It was,
1: but I I mean, still maintain, And, and people, uh, Boer especially, didn't really um, didn't really seem that bothered about it. But I, I was chuntering after the game because Butler uh, in uh, before that, um, about fifteen minutes before that, he impeded Rico Hackett Fairchild just about halfway inside the Doncaster half, and and Rico was clear behind, would have been clear behind him, and on in on goal. Now. Of course there's no guarantees he would have done anything with it But uh, he was in that position Pulled him back and the referee didn't book him Unbelievably the referee didn't book him About 5 or 10 minutes later He did exactly the th- same thing this time on the edge of the penalty area And then the referee booked him Now if he'd have done it properly the first time no, alright you could argue that he wouldn't have done it the second time If he'd been on a booking But then if he hadn't done it the second time Hacking Fairchild would have been in again In the penalty area, in on goal Would have scored long before they did And arguably Butler wouldn't have been on the pitch And yet he pops up for both goals that subsequently won it.
2: I was worried we weren't going to find a way to blame the referee (laughs) on (laughs) this. But uh, there we go. I mean, the the second goal killed it off with uh, perhaps a header across the goal. If we we should have blocked the first one. Yeah, agreed. But that's it. I mean, the the, the last five, ten minutes was weirdly probably the most exciting part (laughs) other than than the two goals because it became, I mean, uh, Lawler made a superb save from Mark Marshall uh, from from that header. And then, I mean, like I say, Toby had his chance. Phillips had to make a couple of good saves late on. Um, but overall, I mean, is it a fair result? I mean, I, I'd still argue that I'd I prefer to lose than to have drawn. Oh, yes. Um, uh, and, and had to go up there for a replay. Uh, Portsmouth won their FA Cup game today, right at the last minute. So we will be going to Portsmouth a week on Tuesday, which I, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I asked Boe as well yesterday what his preference was in terms of the Portsmouth game. Would he rather it be called off and we had a rest? Or would he rather the game would go ahead, and he said he'd rather it would go ahead while we 're in this good form, so Boyer will be happy uh with, with that um like I say Mark Marshall was the player that stood out, I think for me yesterday, and we 've talked about his season so far he started he started a couple of games well, he played a couple of games early on, but then he we, he went a long time without us even seeing him wasn 't even getting in the squad at times, but now he's been given a couple of chances in cup games and and a couple of league games off the bench, and I think he's really impressed over the last few weeks. And so yesterday, he you know his, his final ball into the air was looking good. So unlucky not to score a goal. So unlucky with the own goal. I mean, that really impressive from him, Tom. Do you think? I mean, Marshall could really be a player. You know, just something a bit different to add in a, an all out and out winger that perhaps we haven't really got at the moment. Yeah,
3: and uh, it's a player that we just haven't seen from him since he signed. Really, we've had the odd game here and there, and you think, oh, that's the guy we we were looking for. That's the guy we thought we were getting, and then. He'll go on a couple of stinking games again. But I think the little cameos he's had over the last, what, six or seven games where he where he has come in, I think he's performed really well. Um, I think he came on as a sub against them in the league as well, possibly. Um, and I thought played well um, then as well. I think he got 20 minutes there. Um, and yeah, he, as you say, he had something a bit different. And with some of the injuries we've got, you know, he's not going to come in and replace Cullen at the base of a diamond or anything like that. But when we've got injuries in midfield... He's someone else that you can bring on and, and do something different. Um, and he's someone who, towards the end of last season, I thought Bo you were perhaps given up on, uh, similar to a Jose, really. And both of them have found their way back into the team, worked their way back into the team and deserve credit for doing that. And I think both of them, arguably, now are people who perhaps we can't rely on week in, week out. But when they come off the bench, it's not like last season where we're or earlier this season, even when, as Nafe said, he's looking around and thinking, pants. <laughs> I think he's looking round now and he's thinking, actually, if a Jose goes on or Marshall goes on, they can give me some sort of attacking threat. Marshall, obviously, with the defensive cover as well. So, yeah, I'm pleased to see him getting more game time. I don't think he's a starter yet, but he's, it's nice to be able to rely on him a little bit more.
2: Oh, you were saying yesterday, Tal, that what, what the main thing was the fact that, you know, I asked him, was it an opportunity lost? Because Charlton fans will see it as an opportunity to get to the third round and to... and to um. You know, get a big team or whatever. But he was more along the lines as far as he was concerned. It was an opportunity to see the likes of Billy Clark, uh, Ben Reeves get some minutes. Anthony Dicksteel at, at centre half, and you know, I, I think, you know, judging by what he said, with, with a lot of the things he saw, he was pleased. I mean, signing off with Anthony Dicksteel.
1: Off. I don't think Anthony's actually had a bad game. Um, he's looked a little bit shaky at times um, when he keeps swapping from one position to another um, early on, but he grows into the game, Anthony. And uh, I don't think again, I don't. Think he's let us down in any time he's played, and mm. uh, I think he's, uh, he's he's a real player for us and uh, and one for um, you know it almost slips under the radar a little bit because uh, obviously the likes of uh, well, of course Taylor, but uh, in terms of kids, arebo um, um, to a lesser extent I suppose Hacking fair job. Toby Simpson since he's come in but uh, I think Anthony just dips under the radar a bit but he's so solid
2: and he just gives us a, a, another option uh, at the centre half position which is one where we've struggled with injury so far this well, season well he's
1: actually a, a, um, I think a central defensive midfield player that's, yeah. a, that's his natural yeah. position so centre half a bit like Christian Billick I suppose it, it, it should be a, a relatively easy um, step up to to, to a centre half position, um, but I, as I say, I just think he's um, he's he's been a rock for us at the back uh, when he's had to play either either at centre half or at right back.
2: Clarkey got ninety minutes. As yeah, well. good to see as well. And, yeah.
1: he, and, and you just started to see glimpses of uh, of um, Billy Clark um, of how uh, how we how we saw him last season before he got the injury, and I think. Uh, um, getting minutes under him is, is a positive and uh, it would be great to see him back uh, in the in the starting squad
2: I mean how far away do you think he is from getting involved with the league because he obviously missed out the, the last couple of league games and Bose says he wasn't quite ready I mean do you think you saw more more from him yesterday but, I mean I, th- I think yeah, yes
1: I did I think in every game he's he's, he's looked better and I think uh, I'd be I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him in the in the squad That's next right, time around because he'll have another week and a bit of training so it wouldn't surprise me if he was in the squad
2: and um, of course Reeves he, uh, Bo said it wasn't his best game yesterday, but he's still coming back from injury, taking him a little while longer than perhaps at first, like at first we thought we might have got him back for the last couple of games. But then he, he has come back still sooner than what was originally thought. So you know, Reeves is a player that, whereas it might not been his best yesterday, he, he got he got the minutes under his belt, and of course he's a player who at times this season has shown perhaps a lot more than he did especially in the early part of last season.
3: I think he's been brilliant in, in patches this season. Um, again, it's in patches, and obviously we want to see that more consistently. As you say, as a as a player who's coming back from injury, I just think game time yesterday is going to help him. But again, I go back to the, uh, the Doncaster League game at the start of the month, and that pass he played for the second goal to get Lyle away. Um, I mean, that's just one of many that he's done since he's come back in, and he's really grabbed that number 10 role, which we wanted him to do when Clark got injured last year, and I didn't really think he did it. And now he's kind of slightly more out wide um, with Clark or they're kind of interchanging depending who's playing. And I think he's really embracing that and he's playing with a lot more freedom. And it's funny because when Robinson signed him, you would have thought he would have slotted nicely into that 4-2-3-1 because that's what he was used to playing at MK Dons. But it was almost like the formation didn't suit him anymore. And I don't know if that was just the other players around him. But in this formation that Boyer plays, I think actually he seems to just get a lot more time on the ball or certainly feel more comfortable on the ball and... uh, and he's got two strikers to aim for, which helps as well. So, yeah, he's another one who's who's just playing his way back into into form um, and obviously just trying to get back from that injury. But I think he's been a lot, lot better this season.
2: The one player we haven't actually seen too much of at all this season, of course, is Rico Hackett-Fairchild, and he got a, a start yesterday. Um, uh, involved quite a lot. Actually, you saw him coming deep a fair bit to try and get the ball. I mean, what, what did you make of his performance? Do you think he's given Bose just something to think about? I think he looked very lively for the
1: first half an hour, Rico. Yeah. Um, Still a little bit lightweight for me for the position he's in. Um, I think uh, I don't know how you change that instantly. Maybe he needs a Guinness or two. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah.
2: I'm not sure that's sports science in, in this day and age. Guinness. It, it worked but. for Brian Robson. <laughs> <laughs> It worked uh, for you as well, and us. me. Yeah, yeah. slightly, yeah, slightly you, different. No one's accusing you of being slight slightly <laughs> different level, perhaps. <laughs> but so
1: no, I just think you get. Um, I mean, we at times, we, you know, we were knocking the ball up to him as a as a as that focal point, and he's just not quite strong enough against uh, much more experienced, bigger centre halves to uh, um, to to do anything about that. When the ball's on the floor and he's moving, much better. And I think in the uh, so the first half hour, uh, he was coming short, he was coming deep, he was lively, he was, he was turning, um, turning his centre half. So that was great. But um, yeah, it, look, uh, he's, he's gonna it's gonna be a tough nut to crack for him to to get into the starting eleven uh, ahead of uh, well certainly Taylor and Grant but probably even a Jose I'd I'd say but mm. um, you know he's still only young so uh, you know game time I, I, I was really pleased to see Mikhail Kennedy on yeah I was uh, going to about to mention bench. yeah fifteen and,
2: months out injured he didn't get a chance to come on I think Bose again if he'd had the chance. He, he would have, but um, it's just great to see him because it, you know it, it goes under the radar that he's had exactly the same injury that Clark and, and Forster Kaski has had with, with the ACL. Uh, you spend that amount of time out. I know he came back to playing uh, in in the twenty threes game against Palace. Oh, Ten minutes, I think, did Yeah, a, right? a, yeah. A, a couple of well, earlier on in the week, but it's great for him to be involved again because I mean he's, he showed a little bit of promise just for he, he I'd, hadn't I'd been like in the first Mc- team squad for three years. But
1: I like Mikhail Kennedy's a bit of an old fashioned striker, me uh, that uh, a bit of a, a, a sniffer around the box, if you mm. like, and uh, he's got a hell of a shot on him. I don't know if you saw him in the warm-ups, no. and he and he does seem to have actually bulked up a little bit um, no. compared to what I saw, when I saw him before, and. Um you know, we'd, I think we've mentioned it before about um, Albie Morgan's got a shot on him. Well, he was comfortably um, at, at least matching and sometimes uh, bettering the Albie Morgan yeah, strength. I think people forget that Mikhail, Ke-
2: Mikhail Kennedy actually scored three minutes into his debut away at Peterborough in the League Cup mm. a few years ago. Um, not quite Toby Stevenson level to get the hat trick, <laughs> he did get one after just uh, uh, f- three minutes. I mean, we, we, we saw um, Brendan sarapon do again came on yesterday. Been impressed with his cameo so far.
1: He's going to be a player, isn't he? I mean, uh, again, we've got somebody coming. Through the ranks that you think you can, you can hang your hat on that will be here for a while. And, and uh, you know, sadly, it's probably some somebody that uh, our owner's looking at, thinking, "Oh, he's he's going to make me money," because uh, I do think he's he's going to be an accomplished uh, player wherever he plays. Um, again, I'm not sure right backs is his natural position. I think again, is it right midfield? I don't know to be honest. Something I'll have to check. But uh, he just looks comfortable on the ball. He's great going forward. He, he spots. Um, times tackles he, he spots opportunities I just like him as a player and he's going to be a really good player for us
2: excellent stuff so 2-0 uh, defeat in the end uh, in the FA Cup a much changed side uh, which I'm certain is about to come up in all our tweets and emails which we're going to talk about um, I think we need to hear from Lee Bowyer as well because uh, like I say his reasoning yesterday I mean it it stands up to you know we we, we have a small squad and want to get in the league but then other people are saying well other teams played their first team who are also pushing for promotion. Do they have a smaller squad than us? Probably not. Um, but and and also people say it's still the FA Cup. You still want to get into the third round. And that was uh, you know what what was asked of Lee Bowyer yesterday after the game. And I uh, say he stuck to his guns. He, he's not going to change for anyone. and We certainly know he's not going to mince his words as well. Uh, but Bowes coming to speak to Terry after yesterday's game. This is our exclusive interview uh, with him uh, after the FA Cup defeat against Doncaster.
5: I think there was some positives from today. Um it was obviously gonna to be tough. That's their starting eleven. And obviously we made what? Nine changes from our last league game. So, uh it was always gonna to be tough but we learned some valuable things today and so do some of the players. There's some there's some pros and, and cons to like every game. Obviously we're disappointed to go out of the cup, but I've I think I have to be sensible, you know, the way Injuries and how unlucky we've been. I'd be stupid to put out say the side that we beat them three, four weeks ago, whatever it was. I'd be stupid to put out that side and what then get through to the next round of the cup and and then draw one of the the, the big sides and but lose two or three players who might have got injured. It's obviously a possibility. I'd be stupid to take that risk. The league for us we're never going to win the FA Cup so what's the, what's the point get Man City in the next round and lose 8-0 what's the point then your confidence is up there and then you, you, you end up rock bottom because you just get the runaround from a premiership side There's, I don't see the point in that that's that's just being stupid so um, I'd rather concentrate in the league and, and try and look after my players the best I can that's the most important thing for me
1: you said from very early on that uh, you were always going to put uh, the sort of side you put out uh, I- in today's game, so uh, uh, it wouldn't have come as a <coughs> surprise to too many people, but on the plus side, as you said, it was Doncaster's first eleven for a, for a good amount of time, um, the side uh, put in a decent shift, and uh, had luck gone slightly the other way, it might have been a different result.
5: Yeah, they've scored from two set plays... Um, I think Billy Clark hit the bar from a free kick. Mark Marshall had an header, unbelievable save. I think we had other chances, maybe another three, four other chances, um, especially second half. I think they was the better side first 15, 20 minutes of the first half. And Then I think we started to control it a bit better once we started passing it. We was the better side um, end of the first half. And then second half, I'd say it was quite even. I think it was even. So like the lads... Like they've done all right, you know. They've done okay. Okay, we've lost. Obviously, we're all disappointed, but there's there's some positives out of that. Mark Marshall was very good. I know now I can I can play and and start Marsh. I know his end product now is is where it should be. He put some great balls in today. He's been working hard in training to to get that right, and 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 there. If I didn't, I would have played that same starting eleven that I did against Doncaster before, then, then I wouldn't have seen that today. So, Marshall's very good. Very good. I'm It'll sorry
1: get, for, for Mark, because uh, obviously the, the first goal sort of cannoned off his chest and, and avoided Dylan after the shift that Mark had put in. It, uh, it was hard, hard to take that one.
5: Yeah, but that's football, isn't it? It's football. He wasn't supposed to be there anyway. <laughs> um, But, yeah. Okay, he's made a mistake, but I think there's a lot of positives, Mark, couldn't take from today. So uh, I think Dylan was was very good. Anthony, I think they would be done okay.
1: I've got to ask a question on the on the the goal scorer. Um, right, they're going to make, hopefully. Well, say hopefully they might put it down to uh, Mark Marshall's own goal, but uh, I think it was Butler. Um, early on in the the half, had already taken out um, Rico, Hector Fairchild, uh, and didn't get booked, and then did it again a little while later, and then got booked. So arguably. As a player who's not um, popped up for both goals, uh, shouldn't have been on the pitch.
6: Uh,
5: maybe, but uh, in, in picking at it, picking at small details. There, I don't know if he, I don't know if he should have been sent off, but it's it's not that important. The most important thing is that they learn, you know. Then they learn from their mistakes, and uh, and they've got good experience. Some of them got good experience. Taylor Maloney playing in the centre of the park against Doncaster starting eleven, you know. League one side, it's a good experience for him. George, George is still learning. George has just learned today that you can't take too many touches because if you do, you get caught. And, and he got caught a few times today, so it's a learning thing, you know. We've got a lot of kids out there. Rico up top, got to fight and compete, and, and, and he does that. Can he hold the ball up a bit better at times? So it's the young Toby, bloody 18-year-old kid. Alby coming on. Brandon coming on. Anthony centre-half. Was he 21? Young side. You've got a couple of experienced ones in there. Billy Clark got 90 minutes under his belt, which is good. So there was a lot of positives out of today, for, yeah, for me anyway. And
1: Ben Reeves as well, of course, getting time after being out
5: for a while. Yeah, and he looked sluggish, Ben. Um, but that would have done him the world of good, that. So uh, obviously now we've got a full week before Blackpool, and that's a big game for us.
1: If anything, does that put a little bit more pressure on you? Uh, with uh, with the, the players rested, we're going to go to Blackpool. Um, a little bit more rest, of course, but um, does the pressure go on those players to to perform, given that uh, they've had a rest?
5: No, no, I know they're going to perform. I know that. Um, I know they're going to be ready. They've had a full week's rest. They trained hard this morning. Um, I had a min training training this morning, so uh, I know they'll be ready. They know what the situation is and, when, and what's on the line, so uh, we're in a good place at the moment with one four and a spin. So they know this is a tough month coming up, but if we can get it right, then then it then it'll all be good.
1: Is another positive that, uh, and I think I mentioned it earlier. That's uh, and you mentioned it as well. Doncaster's uh, pretty much their f- strongest side. Uh, maybe the goalkeeper's a slight difference. Other than that, that's uh, their first eleven, uh, and uh, they haven't really outplayed us. And so against uh, against uh, I wouldn't say second string. That's probably not fair. But against not our first uh, eleven, does that give you positives that uh, when we do put the full side out, they uh, uh, bear in mind they're only one place behind us. I think that uh, that bodes well.
5: Yeah, and and listen this. And this their manager apparently said to someone the other week after we'd played them that we was the best side they've played and, and, and the lads that have just gone out there today we've made nine changes from what Tuesday's side and the lads that have just gone out there have, have done well like okay we've lost the game of course we're disappointed we don't, I don't want to lose any game but sometimes you, you have to do the right thing and, and my right thing for the club is to try and look after the, the players the best I can, and, uh, and and I'm learning. Like I've learned some stuff, valuable stuff there today. C- can I rely on this person? Can I rely on that person? Is that person ready to be called upon? I've learned some valuable stuff there. They played against a good Doncaster side, like their first side, their first team, first starting eleven. So yeah, I've learned a lot. It's been it's been okay. A disappointing day because of the result, but a good day because. There's a lot of positives come from that. How's it going
0: again? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an
2: option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com.
4: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: He's got Grant inside of him. Use him as a decoy. Takes a shot. Oh, oh a goal! come on. Oh, come on. What a finish. Come on. Lyle Taylor use Grant as a decoy. A right foot shot from the right hand. Well, the left hand had just shot an attack of the penalty area. Absolutely arrowed into the top corner. O'Donnell had no chance at all and Charlton to 2-0 up.
2: How's it going, again? So welcome back, to Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening. Just heard our exclusive interview there uh, with Lee Bowyer after yesterday's FA Cup um, uh, defeat against Doncaster. Don't forget, still coming up on tonight's show, we've got our exclusive extended interview uh, with addicts legend John Robinson uh, coming up later on uh, in, in the show. Don't forget, if you want to meet Robbo and the uh, the rest of the ninety, well, many of the 98 squad, including the, the manager, Alan Kerbishley, uh you can go to the Chutton Athletic Community Trust uh, playoff final dinner uh, next Sunday, Sunday the 9th of December. A couple of us are going. Um, so you can meet us as well, if you're really desperate. But no, you, you can meet all those legends and uh, and it'll be a great occasion. So uh, if you head over to the Trust website, uh, you can get your tickets for that. We tweeted out the details for tickets as well. So it's a, a chance to meet the likes of John Robinson who uh, was an absolute uh, gentleman on the phone earlier, and I can't wait to play you the interview. But um, yeah, we heard from Bose yesterday. We've got plenty of reaction uh, to what he said. He, he he calmed down slightly, I think, uh, by the time he came in here. But when he was first asked about it, he, 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 I mean, he came out and said he wasn't fussed at one point about the result. Which I mean, I think he changed his tune by the time he came in. Here. I mean, he, he did. He, I have that effect on people. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you are disappointed to lose the game. You wanted to lose the game, but it's nowhere near. As disappointed as he will be if we lose up at Blackpool next week, and I think that I think that was quite obvious in in, in what he had to say. I think that's a gimme, yeah. Um, and and that you know, I know he said it it, it wouldn't put any
1: pressure on, and uh, they know what they've got to do. They're, they're capable of, of when he knows what they're capable of, and and in that part, I agree with him but uh, you know that doesn't always go according to plan because I'm sure he had the same plan before Bert and Albion and, uh, and they, um, they 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 almost pummeled us for for 90 minutes we still come if we do if it happens if the same thing happens that we're on the back foot for the whole 90 minutes and we still win I'm happy
2: with that that'll do well. <laughs> yeah uh, exactly tom i mean your views then on 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 the situation we knew there was going to be changes there was changes i mean bose did come out and say uh, he wasn't fussed, he made the right decision you know, if, if we if we go through say we played Lyle Taylor yesterday, he scores the winner with 20 minutes ago. go, there were 10 minutes ago. he breaks his leg and then we play Man City and lose 10-0 um, it, it would be seen as a bit of a wasted exercise wouldn't he? But at the same time, you know, some Chomp fans would like the, the chance to go through play Man City, go to the Etihad and you know maybe you get beat 4 5 nil. who knows but you get the day out, so it, it's, a, it's a tough one to balance really and Boja took the pragmatic approach and you know, even then we still had our chances, so it could have gone either way, I guess. But the fans were disappointed that they had to pay 15 quid to see a team that wasn't Chelten's first team.
3: Yeah, um, I, I completely appreciate both points of view. I understand why people are a bit miffed about it. The way I see it, it is the same way that Boya does the league takes precedent. Um, I love the FA Cup. Uh, I'd love to see us get to the third round and if we did get pumped by Man City 8-0 as he suggested if I got on away day to the Etihad I I wouldn't complain to be honest but I don't think this year was the right year to go for it and I think if it's all going to be ifs and buts whatever way we look at it but if we go up in May then perhaps this is a small part that played played a part in in that happening so yeah I'm as frustrated as anyone that we didn't go through But I think it was the right decision. And as I said earlier in the show, when you look at that team, yes, there were a lot of changes, but there's a lot of experience there as well that played in that game. The likes of Marshall and Jose, and I know Lapsley's not experienced in those terms, but he's played a fair amount of minutes this year as well. So it's not like the Carling Cup uh, MK Don's team that played earlier in the season. It's a fairly strong side. No, it's not as strong as the side that played in the league against them a month ago, but know, with a few injuries, that's the sort of side we'd be playing anyway. So from Bowyer's point of view it's a chance for him to look at some of those players because as he said himself, he might need to call upon some of them in over the next few weeks, particularly Christmas where we've got so many games. So I think he made the right decision. I completely understand why people are annoyed. Um and and I'm as disappointed as everyone that we're out of the cup because you always want to be in the hat for the third round but we move on and, and as we've all said earlier it, it goes down to Blackpool now and win that and and everything'll be fine. So
2: yeah, everything will be f- forgotten quite quickly, I'd say, if we win uh, in the next couple of games. Well, there's plenty of people who have had their say on tonight's Charlton Live, and you're always welcome to. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. Uh, there's a thread on there. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can email us at studio at Charlton Angrybird uh, is the username on the Charlton Live forum. who's had her say. Uh, Sally Wyatt is, uh, is her actual name. Uh, she says, I've never left a game as angry as I was yesterday. FA Cup game, it had about as much... Uh, about it as a pre-season friendly. What a way to treat the fans. If Lee Bowyer wasn't first, then perhaps he should have had the decency to inform the fans of that fact. Surely, a manager, you would want to win every game that comes uh, along. Okay, people will say about the importance of the league, but I don't see why we can't have a go at having a cup run, at least. But a couple of first-teamers on the bench. Uh, Anyways, as I left the ground feeling aggrieved, I've decided no more cup games for me. If the manager can't be bothered, then why should us fans? Disgraceful. And that's from, uh, from Sally um i mean it, it certainly points out to the 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 way the fa cups losing a lot of its magic now i mean i've i've really enjoyed the fa cup runs and i've had this this season i went you know the the weekend of the mansfield game i was lucky i got to go to two games so I saw bromley in it and uh, against peterborough um and and i saw chown up at mansfield and i actually enjoyed both of the occasions as they were because you know I've never seen you know, Bromley play quite well in their game, and then with, with the, from a Charlton point of view, a ground I've not been to before, a town I've not been to before, stayed up with some mates. I enjoyed the, the outing and the occasion, but you know, in, in terms of team selection, it's not just Charlton, There will be other teams who do it. It's, it's clear that the FA Cup isn't as important to managers and doesn't have the magic at all for managers as it does for the fans anymore. No,
1: and no, no, sadly that's true uh, because money now talks before before anything else. And uh, you, all right, if I think if you're a, um, get knocked out in the second round, you get uh, fifty grand. If you get knocked out in the third round, you get hundred grand. If if you manage to get it to to the quarterfinals, you you might get quarter of a million. I don't know how, how, how the exact. I think, are. I think it's
2: something like fifty four grand if we'd gone through so, something along those lines. You would know, yeah. um, have paid the bonuses.
1: But I also get yes, I, I understand the disappointment because we all like a cut rum and and uh, it, you know the magic of the FA Cup. I think it still exists in fans generally speaking for the most part. But uh, what I would point out is everybody, I don't know where everybody's getting this. Um, well, we could have drawn Man City. You know we'd have got Shrewsbury Town over. Yeah, <laughs> just know it. Or Shrewsbury Town away, even. Um, or Huddersfield again. Mm. Uh, yeah, it can happen. It might happen, but the odds are it won't. Um, should we have a tilt on the car? And the other thing I think I really want to say I mean, there's a couple of things, really. One, we've, as a club, are not in the same place as, uh, as many other clubs who are deemed as normal. You can't. Levy that against us at the minute And haven't been, haven't been for nearly five years uh, So we're not in a normal position So what's happened in the last year uh, Season and a bit Is a breath of fresh air From what's gone on before Since Chris Bell left We've had a turgid upon turgid pretty much and uh, Now we've got Lee Bow and uh, Johnny Jackson in charge And Steve Gallon behind them There's actually a breath of fresh air There's actually some impetus on the playing side That we can get behind and get hold of If something puts that at risk why would you? You know um, and and you know I get frustration I get the reason to lose but to to start you know really uh, giving giving Lee Bay some stick after after what we've been through and now what he's given us uh, or, and his team have given us I think is unfair personally and um look let's say let's say his job's on the line general space but let's say you said right if, unless you get promotion you're sacked right let's say that's his uh, mantra for for having the job now at the end of the season, he can turn around and say, "Well, you know, I got to the fourth round. We got knocked out by Man City eight nil. All right, we might be mid-table in League One, but come on, the, the cup run we were on— not a chance. Be out in his ear, and and that's what uh, that's what we we'll live and die by. The, mm. the, the the league results are basically what will determine what uh, people think of him as a manager. Mm. Not how we do in a in a, in a cup run. And
2: of course, it's not to say that if we had played a full-strength team." Uh, yesterday, that all of a sudden our, our league form would drop off, but is there is the risk? It's it's where is managing of the risk that uh, that he was talking about. Now, Angry Bird said that I'd never left a game as angry as yes as I was yesterday, and then Paulie uh, pointed out saying you clearly didn't go to to the home game against Peterborough. That was the angriest <laughs> um, I've ever yeah. been uh, <laughs> since uh, leaving a game, and I couldn't uh, even speak. Right, plenty of people have gotten involved uh, on the tweets as well. Bob Liskin, the first one, said I'm firmly in the Bowyer camp uh, with our small squad and injury history. I don't think he had a choice. As much as I would have liked to have seen us uh, in the draw tomorrow, and perhaps a big club or palace, uh, he made the right (laughs) decision. Surefire that Leeds or Newcastle uh, will come out. Right, 100% Charlton, poor performance, a waste of money but let's now concentrate on the league and move onwards and upwards i mean that's that's probably the, the thing that a lot of people are saying now i don't know why but our fa cup price yes uh was, was 15 pounds rather Indeed. than 10 pounds so I, I still believe 10 pound is the minimum you're allowed to charge i
1: think isn't it got to be mutually agreed by both clubs. yeah so, clubs so, so
2: presumably it's that and hopefully rather because i imagine if they got if they was it 10 pound they've got another thousand through the door who knows i no. mean you can't argue <laughs> uh, yeah you can't you can't make that conversation but it it was a bit steep to be fair and uh, I I do think the pricing was a bit stingy there and so I'm not sure about that one and that I think is possibly where the brunt of people's uh, frustration maybe come from as as well as the fact that they'd like to get through to the third round of the FA Cup How much of Mansfield do we know? Mansfield away. F- no, the home one. The home one. I got a feeling it was fifteen as well. Cause yeah. I remember looking at it thinking that's a bit stingy, like for a, for a midweek game, uh, in particular. And the weather was horrible that, which, which probably didn't help with the low gate as well. Um, Steve Catley says last fifteen minutes were very good, but seemed like the players finally thought they might as well have a go. That's a pound per minute. Uh, a pound per minute <laughs> for that. Uh, the first seventy five uh, was a waste of time. Not going to win it. He said that's a ridiculous uh, comment from from Bo. I mean, obviously everyone knows they're not going to win the cup and. Uh, you know, when I said, is it is it uh, uh, an opportunity miss, you know, to get through to the third round, he just said, what, an opportunity oh. to win the cup? We're not going to win the cup, so it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> to be fair, I think that's a defensive comment, isn't it? Mm. I mean, because he knows he's going to cop a bit of fleck yeah. for, for doing what he did, so he was already in defensive mode, I suspect.
2: Mm. Uh, right um, Martin said uh, second half thought we gave as good as we got uh, but for the world class save uh, from Lawler on Marshall's header and Rico Hackett Fairchild poor finishing we might have got something from the game we did have that one where that cross came in and went just over the head of was it a Jose I think uh, it was a great cross from Marshall and then it fell for for Hackett Fairchild and he just had a heavy touch just at the wrong time we'll but, yeah such a shame because that was a half decent chance uh, Martin continues yes not great uh, all the changes but we've got such a small squad and blighted with injuries I back Uh, Boyer's decision, Uh, he said for me, we have got to get out of this league Uh, absolutely imperative Uh, and if that means sacrificing an FA Cup run, so be it, for me uh, this now puts pressure on Boyer to at least win one of the next two away games uh, for sure with obviously Blackpool and Portsmouth uh, coming up in the next few days now up Barber says let's see uh, what we missed out on in tomorrow's draw how much money might we have made and then he puts Mike now this is the interesting yeah. fact so of course we know the prize money to get through I mean if you get drawn away against Man United you split the gate and that would be a lot of money if you get drawn at home to Shrewsbury it's a waste of time probably cost you more money to put the game on where would that money have gone? would it have gone into Lee transfer kitty in January? you know the answer to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I imagine it wouldn't have so that's probably partly now I mean I imagine Duchatelet would have liked the money but I don't really care about what he likes and doesn't like at this moment in time but uh, whether that would have gone into Bojo's thinking as well or not or, I mean Rick Everett was pointing out um, was there any conversation between the two like we could have had that money and Bayer turned around and said well I'm not that bothered about that money I mean that's the, the lack of communication between the two on that front but the, the long and short of it is, I can't imagine that if we draw drawn Man United away, all of a sudden we would have had a £500 million transfer budget in January.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not, and uh, I think that would have just been pocketed and the, the reason, not excuse, that's the wrong word, the reason given to balance budgets and to, to cover the deficit, uh, and that's the scary uh, thought for January as well. Mm. Uh, as to uh,
3: what happens to the family silver I think what Tell said earlier as well about the fact that Boya, his remit might just be promotion, if Duchatelet really is looking to sell then I think a championship club as opposed to a mid-table League One club that played Man United in the FA Cup is a lot more sellable, so I think from his point of view promotion probably comes first as well, I'm sure he's trying to take any money he can in the meantime, but like I say, if we go up we're going to be a lot more attractive as a purchase, so I would, I would think that's in the back of uh, Roland's mind. I mean, well. I
1: think you've got, to,
3: you know, when uh, uh, Lee Bowes came out and said it's a risk to play players, you know, and
1: and there'll be <coughs> people saying, well hold on you know, he could get injured in training, mm. could get injured. At, remember, Mark Fish got injured at yeah. home on, on yeah. a glass table. But well, that's what yeah, that's so, what London
2: Inter has just said. Said you you can't you can't base it on ifs and maybes. Taylor could slip on the soap in the shower and break his <laughs> leg. Maybe you yeah. shouldn't have any showers. But I imagine I it, use that it, mantra. Yeah, it, <laughs> Bo boat boat Well, yeah, Bo, bo- yeah, I did wonder what that smell was. Bo, you <laughs> bo- might turn around and, and if he was given the opportunity for Lyle Taylor to have fewer showers so there's less chance of him slipping I imagine he'd take oh, I'd it I'd love to hear that conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the
1: point is it's, 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 it's as well. the and management of like risk. There's, there's stuff you can't control uh, and when you can't control it it happens You you move on if you can control a risk then you do so hmm. and if he feels that it's a risk to play him just in case then he controls that risk. That's what he does. That's, I mean, that's that's what his job is. So uh, um, and, yeah, it would be it would be sod's law when it, it, at the first training session on Monday, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the two players that he wasn't he rested or three or four players that he rested all get all pull up hamstrings. You yeah.
2: know, well I did uh, say. Do you, do you remember like uh, when when things were going really well earlier on in the season, Tom? And I said on the Thursday night show we're waiting for something to go wrong, like a gas leak at the training ground or yeah. something. Do you know it wasn't that much further along after that yeah. that we had the carbon monoxide leaking here. Ah. And we, had to, and we had to take a few weeks off. Don't say anything. Yeah, let's hope I don't accidentally win the lottery. <laughs> uh, right, Cliff Scales, uh, it's disappointing to lose any match, but I totally agree with what Boya did yesterday. We simply cannot risk losing our best players by playing them in the Cup, so we might have got a big team in the next round who would probably play their reserves uh, anyway. Um, Cliff also said he's excited for uh, the... Interview with John Robertson, which is coming up soon. Uh, London 8 said Luton were playing a virtual full-strength team uh, in the Cup. Uh, they must think their name is on the trophy then. <laughs> well see it lies different. I think Portsmouth put out a reasonably strong team today and mm. they only just scraped past they pass, did, yeah. only just scraped past Rochdale, so you know, just by putting out your team doesn't mean we're definitely gonna go past Doncaster uh yesterday as well. So we're getting a real mix of uh, opinions coming in tonight, which is really good to see. Uh Tom uh Bramley says a very poor performance yesterday. I understand the players need rest, but to change uh, 9 from Tuesday, uh, from Tuesday was a joke, no excuses, uh, we have to win next Saturday, and needs to hope that Donny don't pull a big team uh, in the draw out on Monday, I mean there was certainly frustration last year from some fans when we went to Wimbledon and got beat, I'm trying to remember, we put out a reasonable mixed team at Wimbledon last season, got beat. Yeah I don't think we put a, a weak inside out no, against Wimbledon and then, necessarily. Um, I think we had a couple of injuries, yeah, but and then know. and then they got drawn away to Spurs, which would have been at Wembley, which would have been our cup final, ironically. But um, uh, yeah, so people were um, unhappy with the fact that we lost uh, last uh, uh, last year, even though we put out a, a, from memory a reasonably strong team against Wimbledon. Right, uh, uh, Les on uh, <laughs> on Twitter, uh, it's, it's just a one word answer he gave, but uh, and I'll try and clean it up. He said it was. <laughs> testicles um, <laughs> <laughs> in response to to the the team selection yesterday cliff uh, again all right well cliffs talking about uh, robo so we'll come back to that later uh, steve armstrong uh, said it was Lee Baker's worst managerial decision to date completely disregarded the supporters that had paid good money to see a football match not a one-sided uh, pre-planned defeat most of the other big teams in league 1 managed a cup win while still looking at the bigger picture <coughs> excuse me um well, the bigger picture is most other League One teams don't have the background mm.
1: to the club that we have. Uh, don't possibly have the background of. Uh, I mean, even when we put our strength, full strength sw- side out, there's still what four kids, five kids here. Yeah. Um, so that it's, has it has to be. We can't compare what we are to uh, to, to everybody else. I mean, mm. I had a bit of a row in here afterwards when somebody said, you know, for a club as big as Charlton to only put uh, four sub, five subs on the bench is a disgrace. A club as big as Charlton,
2: we're sixth in League One. <laughs> mm. It's 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 trying to find the the right balance between. Whereas fans, I think we can probably still rightfully want the club to be you know a championship club compared to where we actually are because of the likes of Roland Duchatelain and whatnot. And it, it's it's trying to find the right balance between the mentality of the fans. And the mentality of where the club is. I remember, I remember maybe a couple of years ago, I remember saying, look, as fans, we'd, we'd lost against someone we shouldn't have lost. Someone crap like Rochdale or something like that. And, and you know, a small club. And I remember coming in here and saying, you know, as as Charlton, we should expect. And then uh, I think it was Sue was saying, well, yeah, but we can't expect that. But it's it's, it's it's the difference between the players obviously can't go out and expect to win a game against a small club because they're Charlton. But the fans should still expect a certain level from the club and there's millions of reasons why we're not there and obviously we all know the main one but it's just trying to find that that right balance right colin said uh, <coughs> excuse me if my tweets were were read yesterday then i still haven't changed my mind i'm sick of not looking to win cup games so if we play a second strength team okay if we had won and pulled a top draw uh, versus the Premier League uh, side, I don't think Lee would be playing a second string. Well, do you remember when we went to Palace in the League Cup and <laughs> uh, Guy Luzon made changes, made loads of changes, yeah, and we change. went and lost the next game as well, but he made big changes against a Premier League Palace, and we, you know, we were in the game for a little while, but we yeah. ended up losing... Uh, so that was quite controversial at the time. Um, right, Clint says resting players is fine, taking the wee wee is not. Justifying it with we were g- we aren't going to win the FA Cup anyway It's not justification, as we're not going to win the league either. So maybe don't bother trying to win league games then. Uh, uh, he said uh, he's given it a free word review, but none of those words are aerial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John said, I think Lee Bowie has put a lot of pressure on him and the team to perform next weekend after yesterday. Smash and grabs like Burton. Don't come around that often. Colin then adds uh, disgraceful comments from Boyer. If we had won and drawn a Premier League, oh, he said said pretty much the same thing there, but he's tidied it up at the end. He said, (laughs) pay money to see us win. So now we ignore cup games unseething with his arrogant comments. Right, uh, Tony said, "Uh, I understand where Boyer is coming from. Don't agree with him because I think we should try and win every game. Probably shouldn't have said what he said in the interview, but we have to remember he's still learning and doing a brilliant job under difficult circumstances, Connor says, "How do you think the players feel about missing out on a possible third round draw versus a big club i 'm effing gutted with how us fans have been treated lots of uh, lots of uh, respect lost." Uh, for Lee Bowyer and his comments. Well, let's have a quick look at the, a couple of emails that have come in. Ray said, uh, Evening, gents. If Lee Bowyer says he has to rest most of the f- uh, first team for a cup game as a league is more important, then that's good enough for me. The fact is those brought in to replace those in the first uh, team are not ready to step up to that level means that, in my opinion, the squad is not strong enough, uh, which is something that's all uh, that's gone on throughout this uh, regime's uh, you know, tendency. Uh, had we had... Uh, seven or eight players carrying knocks and unable to play for fitness reasons we would all be blaming the owner and rightly so he's the one that thinks we can survive and push on using a squad of 13 to 15 and then make it up to 23 24 players using the youngsters we don't have two players in each position we have a player for the position and someone that can replace them should we need to but not to the same standard he says keep up the good works uh always enjoy the show. he says hope to meet some of us on the ride to Amsterdam Yep. the uh open my uh, fundraising page for the ride to Amsterdam again this summer. If you want to donate, uh, it's on the top of my Twitter page, on my pinned tweet. And Ray's uh, come along as well. i uh, looking forward to seeing Ray. I'm hoping that one of the dogs will be at least be like pulling his bike along, like a husky situation. I'm not sure uh, if they will. Right, final message that's coming before we're going to talk about Darren Pitcher and then go into the the interview with uh, John Robinson. I'll put in in the group in our little group chat earlier. I've got I've got a great interview with Robbo lined up for this evening. And Nathan thought I was talking about Carl Robinson. <laughs> I was a bit gutted I'll be honest yeah <laughs> right uh, <laughs> Phil said um uh, a couple of messages coming from from Phil said didn't go Saturday just knew uh, what Boyer was going to do in fact it was worse was totally a B side the chances of getting promotion for me are no better than 50-50 under Du Chatelet and now a decent cup runner's gone uh, if we had an owner who cared about the fans he'd give those hardy souls who attended their money back uh, rest some players but 9 for me Boyer got this wrong uh, and then he says PS just read Boyer's comments missed opportunity we're not going to win it anyway sorry Lee we're not going to win the league either we're not good enough and that was uh, from Phil so there we go I think we've covered that quite um, uh, thoroughly from yesterday you know that there's certainly views on both sides of the camp I'm leaning towards I'm sort of in the middle because I I really would have liked to have got through to the third round I understand why we rested players I didn't care when we did it in the League Cup the FA Cup slightly different for me I I would have liked to have got through to the third round but at the same time I understand where where it came from and ho- hopefully we'll be drawing a line under it when we go to Blackpool next week and hopefully pick up three points. Now, uh, we're going to hear from Johnny Robinson in, in a few moments' time. Of course, he's one of the players who played in the Back to the Valley game. I I, still, I haven't had a chance to uh, double-check this yet, but I think he's the only one who played in both Back to the Valley and the playoff final. Um, John seems to think he was as well, but I think he is. I'll have to double-check that. But um, one of the players who did play in Back to the Valley uh, game and also had uh, a memorable game in the FA Cup up at Blackburn was of course Darren Pitcher. Now we, we we spoke about Pitch on on on, on Thursday evening show. So sad to hear that he passed away aged just forty nine, which of course is no age. Um, last weekend, now me and Tom were able to talk about his best moments the the, the back to the Valley ends the, the the FA Cup at. Ewood Park because they're what we've heard of you know he's slightly before our time uh, unfortunately but Terry uh, you would have seen him play I mean Robbo says some really kind words for him as well uh, in the interview that we're about to hear but I mean it, it sounds like you know it, it sounds like he was a proper Charlton kind of player to yeah he was what I've that's heard. fair I yeah.
1: um, when he burst in the scene it actually was um, uh, when he started started out I think he was um, a right back when he first um, came as, as a, I think um, yeah, the captain Dory was part of the youth team that got to the mm. FA Cup uh, Youth FA Cup final. So, um, and it was clear early on that he was uh, he was a good player. I have the same sort of gut feeling about Lapsley. Is that he was that type of of player? All action. Um, oh, he never showed to tackle ever, and, <laughs> and he made some that you just made your, made your teeth shudder. Um, even as a kid, you just and you just knew that he was uh, he was someone that, that was destined to be. Um, I always thought a, a future Charlton captain because he just there was he didn't leave anything on the pitch. He gave his all, and he, you know, he heart in his sleeve, and all that sort of stuff, and, and sort of proper footballer, I guess you'd say. Um, when you've got one in your side, it, it, it just attracts attention, and, and people warm to him. and And he was a firm favourite, absolute firm favourite. And uh, when um, when we got, had to get back to the valley, he sort of epitomised for me the, the the sort of fighting spirit that we that the, the fans showed, that the board showed, and, and the players were showing. It just he um, was he was my favourite player at the time, no question about it. Mm. Um, and uh, put in performances like you saw at uh, the Blackburn game not just, not I mean the second game because he scored the goal is the one where everybody remembers him but the first game he was absolutely awesome in that first game he was, fly- tackles were flying in every. he was stopping and playing and Blackburn were, were a huge side at the time you know, um, and everybody was expecting us to absolutely, absolutely get trounced and he, and he held that midfield together almost uh, um, single-handedly he was just everywhere and he did that game after game, not just not just in the in the important ones. He did it, he, you know. He just got uh, just got stuck in uh, and got okay. dirty for the mm-hmm. cause, and just a, a fantastic player. And um, yeah, it broke my heart when he left. I got to say, and, and and I was really angry. You went to Palace, and that went, now would you know he went. It wasn't just Palace. I mean, Palace yeah. was wasn't the greatest um, destination because of what they'd done or what they tried to do to us in the previous uh, um, six years. So. Um, they were, they were trying to finish his club. So going to Palace wasn't great. But, you know, we've had players go to Palace before and it's never been that big a deal. You know, um, Johnny Humphrey springs to mind. But uh, there was a lot of stuff attributed to him when he left as to why he left. And <clears throat> a lot of people said, well, you know, after that Blackburn game, he got a bit big for his boots and uh, uh, started to be the big I am. And people's, um, other clubs started looking at him then. And uh, he, got, uh, he got his head turned and started to say, well, I'm too big for this place. And that's, that's what was touted around. And so I got angry with that. Mm, <laughs> um, I can imagine. Well, you know, having spent seven years away from this place, um, we were angry anyway. And, and you know, I, I got angry in sort of 1985, stayed that way for seven years and, and a bit beyond. Um, and so um, when A, he left and under the cloud, he left, because that's what we we were told, and then B, where he went, it just... Uh, you know, And I wasn't alone. There were quite a few of us who were venting their spleen towards, towards Darren. Um, now... He came back for the. I mentioned this in, on on the Chant Life forum. Uh, he came back for the Back to the Valley Q and A uh, last season.
2: It's yeah, in, it's only in, last year, in. yeah.
1: And uh, he made a point, and he and he, um, he was shaking, and, and there were tears in his eyes when he said it, of saying that uh, the stuff that was attributed to him wasn't true, and uh, that he loved this place, and, and he had this place in his heart. Um, now, um, I went up to him afterwards and apologized for all the stuff I'd said about him <laughs> in the interim period. Uh, because um, you know he came out and was quite open, openly um, uh, not a repentance, probably not the right word, but put, to put the record straight, and he was um, quite quite emotional about it. Uh, I'm glad I did now because based on obviously what what's just transpired. Mm. Um, so I think forget about um, after he left. It's all about what he did for us while he was here, and he was instrumental as as, as a person in the side for for um, um, the, some of the best performances I've ever seen.
2: Excellent, Terry. Thank you for that, uh, Darren Pitcher. So sad to to see him uh, pass away last weekend. Right. Um, let, let's move on now to our interview with uh, John Robinson, uh, one of my all-time favourite Charlton players. Uh, as as I say, I believe he's the only one to play in both the back to the Valley game and the playoff final. We're going to check that now during the interview. Um, uh, I remember coming down here as a, as, a, as a young kid. I remember getting his his autograph once at the side of the pitch while he was substitute. Uh, and being absolutely made up, he was a superb uh, winger uh, involved in, like I say, some of the biggest games of our time. And and uh, the, you know, that, that, that time when we started to build the early years in the Premier League, uh, I was so pleased to be put in contact with him. So thanks to uh, Jason Morgan. Uh, from the, the community trust and to Zaki as well for sorting this out for us uh, they've lined us up some great interviews over the last few days uh, we've had Mark Kinsella obviously last week we've got John Robertson coming up now we've got a third one I'm going to play on Thursday's show but I'm going to give you a little hint uh, at the end of this show uh, and you'll be able to work it out who it is quite easily uh, but first of all we're going to hear from John Robertson now um, the, I started off the interview by saying you know, obviously the, the playoff final it's easy to forget actually because especially for those of us like myself and probably Tom who, who came to start support the club in between coming back to the Valley and getting into the Premier League. So we only ever knew what it was like being here at the Valley. But John Robertson joined the club when they were still at West Ham. Um, So he knew the struggle that the fans had gone through to get back here. And it was a remarkable turnaround that just, you know, less than five years later, well, just over, sorry, five years later, that we were... Going into the Premier League, and obviously in the most remarkable way possible. Uh, so I asked John to, to start off with, and this is a feature length interview. It's going to be about twenty minutes, but every every minute of it is just worth listening to because John Robertson is an absolute hero. But he's talking about how um, how how it was remarkable the rise the club had shown uh, in in that five years since they've been back at the Valley.
6: Yeah, and I think um, I think a lot of it was getting back home. I think that helped for everybody um, to. Realised that they had now a home, that there was no, there was the uncertainty had gone, and there was a vision of where the club wanted to go. Um, and as I say, when I joined in '92, that vision was put on the wall with the stadium as what it was look, hopefully looked like. And um, so, for the for us to progress where we did do in in within five years, and then get the opportunity to go at the Premier League um, was a great achievement by the club. Whatever whatever went on that day. Um, but I think it was destiny that um, it, it
2: kind of <laughs> it, it fell as it did. Mm. I mean, it, it, you were—I think you might be the only player who played in both games, actually. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, can you remember what the, the feelings were? The, the, the difference between the the pressure of playing in the first game back at the home, but comparing it to the pressure of playing at Wembley and the chance to actually get into the Premier League. The,
6: the back to the Valley dinner, the, the back to the Valley game was was obviously um, that was a celebration. I mean, that was a future, all the hard work that had gone into it before I arrived in September 92 from the board, from the club, from the fans, from everybody involved to get back was the achievement of what they wanted. Um, And they could now feel that the club was back in their hands. So playing in that game was more of a celebration. Um, more than anything, it, it really wouldn't have mattered. I mean, obviously, we we never thought that, but I think to the fans, whether we we lost or won or drew the game, it was irrelevant. Um, the day was about what it was, um, and when obviously Mr. Murray opened those gates, um, it was a it was a fantastic achievement from everybody involved, um, and I think it was just fittingly obviously that we we ended up obviously winning the game, which was great, um, and it was a perfect ending to a, to a perfect kind of. Uh, Week, but um, and then obviously the playoff final, that's a completely different animal. Um, that is, um, you know, you worked all all year, 46 games of which I feel is the hardest league to get out of in the world because you have to, everyone's wanting that golden egg, which is the Premier League. The status it brings, the financial reward, the time it brought for the club, the stability and everything like that, in the future, that was huge pressure. Um, because again you it didn't, it's like anything You when you're there and you can feel it and touch it the last thing you want to be doing is, is feeling that well I'm not going to go there after well, 48, 49 games with playoffs and all that um, so you knew that, that that was pressure and that changed people's lives and effectively the way they um, where they progressed to um, whether the team stayed together or not um, if we didn't go up um, the future of the club, maybe even curbs, staying around. Um, so it was it was a big, big thing. So the pressure of both games, uh, uh, there was no pressure in the first game, which was more of a celebration. The second game, um, the playoff final, yeah, that that was
2: pressure. And can you remember what the feeling like was in, in terms of going into it? Because I spoke to Mark Kinsella last week and he was saying that the club felt confident. Obviously, we'd had the, this amazing run towards the end of that season where we just yep. weren't conceding goals. We were winning plenty of games. Um, but Sunderland were the big dogs, really, weren't they? They were probably the favourites they'd finished above us in the league. And they were, com- compared to Charlton, they are a huge club as well at the time.
6: Yeah, they were big. I mean, Sunderland's still big, but at the end of the day, Sunderland were, were a big club. Um, that had obviously, obviously internationals in there, same as we did. But I think Kins is right. We went on a run. Um, and I think the self-belief within our group, that you're going into the game knowing that, you know what, you you're not, you're not just, you didn't just scrape in there. I think the, the two people, the, the two teams that deserve to be in there deserve to be in the final um, for that game, um, finishing how they did, finishing with a point tally that they did, we did, all of us. So for us, I think we were quietly confident going in. Um, but at the end of the day, as I said, it, it, it's, it's one game. Mm. It's, you, you, can be as, you, you can be as confident as anything, but at the end of the day, I think we, was, we, we just knew as a team. And as a as a unit, that whatever happened, we we would be in the game. We would never. We would always be in and around the game. And then you just need a little bit of luck to go with you as well.
2: And um, obviously, I mean, you started on the bench. So can you remember what your feelings were having to start from the bench? Was there disappointment? Can you remember how Alan
6: Kirbysey told you? Yeah, well, you? At the end. Of, yeah, I mean, I I mean, obviously for myself, I mean, we I, I got injured, um, and then I still had a cracked fibia when I was when I was playing. Hmm. Um, so I was. I came back from injury. I think they, Charlton, I think Kerbs arranged a reserve game to see if I would get through that um, myself. I think some of myself were Morks or something like that. I think it was on the week before um, to see whether we would be able to get through because I hadn't trained at all um, for the last, I think it was maybe month or six weeks. Um, and I trained just for that week um, and just to see what, what, would, what would happen. And obviously, when when I got through the reserve game, um, there was a, there was pain, obviously, still, but not majorly pain. And obviously, Mark Curbs uh, had to make a decision. And I think, as much as I didn't agree with it at the time,
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> door slammed and uh, words were said because I played every game, obviously, up to my injury and the whole thing. So, but again, I think overall it would have been the, it was the right decision because I don't there's no way I would have lasted the game. I was pleased with I was being involved in it because I knew at that time we only had two subs or three subs one one with a goalkeeper and two outfield players at that time it was 13 players 14 14 players ago. it's not 18 so as long as I was involved in some capacity um, that was what I wanted Um, and I was just pleased I was able to at least have some part to play rather than break down and couldn't
2: get back yeah, and obviously you came on uh, at quite an interesting time. We'd just fallen three-two behind, so we'd got back in at a two-two. Then it seemed it was almost immediate that Niall Quinn made it three-two to Sunderland, and times running yeah. out. So you're thrown on with a, uh, you know, the last throw of the game, desperately trying to find a way to to get into it. So it must have been a one hell of an occasion to suddenly find yourself within as well.
6: Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was itching to get on a, a bit earlier, but I think um, with twenty minutes to go, I think. Um, that's when Kerbs kind of said, "Okay, let's let's see what we got." I think that was as possibly where he felt I could maybe twenty or thirty minutes in, last thirty minutes in the game. Maybe that's where I could uh, be fit enough to be able to go into it. Um, as I say, only playing one game in the space of three months or two months or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean it was it was it was great i mean when the corner went up um i don't even know if i was meant to be on corners i can't <laughs> remember i think it was just because i was over that way and time was i think it was like 15 minutes to go or, or 10 minutes to go five to, well no it must have been about five minutes to go yeah, roof. five minutes
2: to go when roof scored five yeah. minutes to go
6: um so it was like i think it was just because i was over that way um and all i remember doing is just make sure that i get it in the area um, don't don't stick it out. Don't that just concentrate and get it into the right area and let's hopefully someone attacks it. Um, and obviously, I think the goalkeeper kind of got sucked into the curl a little bit, but it was a great header from Roof, obviously, when he just towered above everyone. I think that was his first goal as well. Yeah,
2: first ever goal. <laughs> <laughs> first ever goal. <laughs> There's so many stories that come out from that day, aren't there? When when, when you look yeah. back at it, I when mean. You look at yeah, it's crazy. so yeah. so you get the assist, and we're, we're into into the extra thirty minutes. I mean, legs must have been tired by that point already after the the ding dong battle we'd already had, and there was another slog, and we fell behind again. But it said a yeah. lot about the never say die attitude that Charlton had that they were able to come back once more. And of course, uh, Clive Mendonca scores that that most famous Wembley goal.
6: Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, that's what we had, and that's what I've always said to people, I I, I obviously I can't comment on other people are, but teams but when we were around for 12 years at that club um the people we had that came in every single time it didn't matter who we brought in the team spirit was the one thing that progressed that progressed that those teams and that came from the management that came from the board that came from the culture of the club that came from the environment everybody from the tea lady to jimmy the physio to mossy to everybody and the team spirit was always going to be there and i think that just drove us again and it was literally like we we ain't gonna we're not gonna give up here. We are going all the way. But it was the same mentality whether it was on a Tuesday night somewhere, um, it was the same mentality for us. Um, and then as I say when when Klopp scored that fourth goal, you just felt then you're like, Okay, we've come from behind, what, twice? Three times?
2: Mm.
6: I think yeah. it was three times yeah, maybe three in times, the final yeah. club final. And you're like, Okay, now could this be our day? Mm could this be our day but um yeah it was an unbelievable goal the 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 hat trick obviously um yeah and then obviously extra time was was even more interesting and then the (laughs)
2: shootout (laughs) yeah i mean what 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 goes through your mind when you step up to take the penalty because i i I don't think i could think of anything a a situation when you'd be in any any more pressure really
6: oh my god no it's the biggest it's the biggest it's the biggest one game in the world it's the biggest game. People say Champions League, but you're going to go. You're going to be in the Champions League next season mm. if you finish there. You're going to be generally the people who are in the Champions League final. Generally, the ones who obviously are going to be in it again the following year. Here, you're not. Here, you've got to slog another forty-six games at that time, and you want. And everyone else is looking to get to the same thing. So you've got. It, it, it's not a given that you're going to be at Wembley again in the playoff final to get to the Premier League the following year. So it is the biggest one game in world football. From a financial component, from every component in it, it is um, so. To go on, like okay, well, now it's one kick.
0: <laughs>
1: it's, <like laughs>
6: it's Now down to one kick, and for me, it was all I could. I remember it. I, I, I only ever, I've, I've, I only ever took two penalties before that. One when I was about twelve missed, <laughs> and one
0: um, when I would played when I was went for the my
6: hat-trick against Norwich at home and missed and Kirby <laughs> laid into me because I wasn't the penalty taker yeah. um, and I missed that one and he laid into me just because obviously I wasn't the penalty taker but they gave it me because I was on a, on a hat-trick <laughs> so that was so out of me I'm thinking oh, oh my gosh it's never going to get to me anyway <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm the first sudden death person so there's nowhere in a million years 10 people are scoring or even getting to it when it's the biggest game in
4: the
6: world. Um to scoring or whatever. So I'm thinking, okay, well I'm 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 like eleventh person, no way in a million years. No way. So I was quite I was quite comfortable to be first sudden death person. Um and then and then knowing and then just watching them go and I'm like, oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> and it's
6: going. And it's not like they're miss it's quality penalties getting put up. And I remember speaking to Taft Mark Bowen and I'm like got to the, about the third and i'm like on the middle of the lot, and i'm like oh my god this could this could come to me <laughs> and then it got to the fourth and he and i said to him like what do, what do you do what we well, said just don't change your mind do it don't change your mind pick a, part, a spot um and that walk i had to have a little jog because my legs had gone my legs had absolutely <laughs> even now I can't I my legs got to jelly now watching mm. the damn thing. Yeah. It is crazy because I knew if I walked all the way it'd be too much. Yeah. I had to get there as quick as possible get me it down and I didn't even look at the goalkeeper because it was all Sunderland supports behind him. Um so I just didn't yeah I just didn't look I, I put the ball down turned around put my back to them and when he blew the whistle I turned and there I'm just glad he didn't go to the right way because I think if he went the right way, he could have gone back for a cup of tea, come back and saved
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think it, it's, it's probably fair to say that when the winning penalty that, that Sasser saved, I think the nerves had got to Michael Gray. Uh, it, was, it wasn't the best yeah. penalty we've ever seen. But you know, Sasser makes uh, a save and I, I just can't imagine what the delirium must have been like on the pitch to be involved in that and... There's that famous photo of everyone bundling on on top of Sasha and then everyone in the suits joins in. After I mean, can you remember exactly what was going through your mind in that dog pile? Oh my god,
6: yeah, me it was it was who's going to get to Sasha first, me or Jonesy. <laughs> and I think I got there first just in time because I knew that and then all oh, hell broke loose. It was just absolute like you like, oh my god, this is this is where we all wanted to be. This is where the club wanted to be. And I think it, and I'm not saying it's different to other clubs, um, but the journey of what Cholton went through of having to leave the ground, to get back to the ground, to have stability, to get to a pla to, to I mean we lost in the playoff semifinals, don't forget, mm. before that. Do you know what I mean? So we, we had been through heartache as well. So we we, we got through we, we lost to the semi in, in the semifinals as well, before that. I think it was like the year before the year. Two, two years, years before,
2: before, yeah, against Palace.
6: Palace. So we we went through heartache before that. So in in five years, what we achieved in the first five to six years of that club, and then carried on, it it was anything but remarkable times. Mm. When when we got when say when you got the fear of going up, so to the back to the valley, then you going to playoffs, losing playoffs in the semi final, and then coming back and going to the playoffs and going through that. And then, to be honest with you, I was so pleased when Sunderland did go up the following year because it, it showed a lot of character from them. And to lose that, like it is when it's 4 4, it still now is the best game, and one of the best games.
2: Yeah, well, there's no, no question uh, uh-huh. about that. And so, obviously, the, the next season, I mean, we, we went all the way, we came so close to staying up. I mean, we'll never forget that. That game at Aston Villa, the four three win uh, on the penultimate weekend of the season. But you know, even though we went down, we came back stronger. And again, I think it's fair to say that what happened at Wembley was certainly it seemed to be the catalyst for the success that the club had over the next five, six, seven years.
6: Oh, hundred percent. It was. It was, just, it was. But again, it was just the the vision and everybody growing one thing. And the biggest component was the management bringing in the players that had the and way understood the while keeping around people like myself or Steve Brown and people like that okay I mean just keeping around I mean when you look at it we probably had 10 players 9 players that would have been around for 8 years I mean we had testimony we had how many testimonials did we have what other club can, can look at that we had coaches we had Kerbs Gritty Keith Peacock have testimonies you had Brownie you had myself you had um, Richard Rufus I think at the time had a testimony I mean there was people who had testimonials, um, so and then people. Eight years, it's it's unheard of. Mm. So for us to have, as I said, they built it on, and everybody had one thing. And and again, we when you went through everything, I mean, we went back to the valley. We lost in the playoff semi final. We won the playoff final. We got relegated on the last game of the season. We came straight back up as champions. We finished seventh in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, when you look at it. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy how, how it goes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the player final had a big part to play in, in where we wanted to be. It gave us a sniff of what we wanted. Um, we knew we could live with it. We knew we had to change some stuff when we went back up there the second time. Um, but it showed, again, the kind of character. It showed that curbs no one, no one left anywhere. When we got relegated, I think the only person that left was Neil Redford. Mm. so it showed where we want, showed everything, what we wanted to do and how we wanted to go about it again no one looked to move, no one went into the gaffer's office to say I demand a move because I want to be in the Premier League they believed in what we were doing and believed in each other and said well, and the pressure was a different pressure then because everybody, the fans everybody the pundits told us that we were having to go up we were, we were, we were automatic to go up why just because we came down but as you know that's not always the case <laughs> mm, no. so and again to go up and then to go up as champions and to have that experience and doing that I mean I'm again I'm so privileged to have been in those kind of things where the back to the valley the plough final at Wembley uh and the championship and winning the championship um and then finishing seventh obviously at that that eight time in the premier league it's it's as I say, I, I'm I'm just so lucky to be involved in
2: all of that. Yeah, it was a brilliant time uh, for the club. Obviously, it's slightly different times now. Sadly, I mean, uh, you're over in the states now, but you you still keep an eye on how the addicts are yeah. getting on, especially, of course, of course, under one of your former yeah. te- teammates now, Lee Bowyer.
6: Yeah, I think it's a great. I think it's the right appointment. I think Bowen knows the uh, biggest thing. He knows the history. Again, Charlton is so unique you have to understand the history you have to understand what it means and everything like that and again Bo Bo gets it Um, he again obviously it was hard because last year he didn't know if he'd be getting the job full time for this season or not he went into this season all the way up to that not really knowing still do you know what I mean Mm. so it's not people look at okay what's happening now what's happening then but it's a preparation before so I think the only thing could have happened a little bit is if they said at the end of last year, hey, you're 100% in, do the announcement, bang, finish. He can then know, he can go and get maybe the players he's looking for, go and look, there's other, do you know what I mean? Whole set up his yeah. stuff, set everything in the foundation, set everything up for the beginning of the season, for pre-season. But when there's still an uncertainty, you can't, if you're talking to a player, you can't turn around and say to him, well, I'm definitely going to be here because he hasn't signed a contract at that point.
2: Yeah, it certainly makes it a lot more. It, uh, makes,
6: it, it makes it hard, yeah. yeah. It makes it hard. People look at, okay, pre season or the beginning of the season, but things for, for coaches and managers, they prepare well in advance. And of course. They want to try and get
2: stability, was the thing we had under Alan Kirby as well, of course.
6: So, 100%. Exactly. Mr. Murray or the board didn't sack Kerbs. So they gave him a new contract when we went down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Seems crazy these, these what, day age, doesn't it? But that's what I'm about. Yeah. This,
6: is, this, is, this is what I'm about. You didn't see the players demanding to leave. So it's the same here. It needs stability. It needs to say, you know what, this is it. It takes it takes time to sort itself out, as I said. Because but Bo did, as I say, was after the, during the preseason. I think that you got eventually the um, confirmation that you're definitely doing it full time or whatever. But he's the right person, um, and he's young. Obviously, he's got the history. He's got great experience. Um, so why just not say, you know what, you've got it. So and, 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 and he's progressing right. I mean, he's won, what, four or five on the bounce in the league?
2: Yeah, four, yeah.
6: Four on the bounce. So, I mean, that's not an easy achievement at all in any league. So, um, yeah, obviously not pleased of obviously going out of the FA Cup. But the same thing is, I mean, he's he's quite honest as well, Bo. He played with his heart on his sleeve. And what it's he, the same thing. He's like, OK, that was not maybe my first priority. wasn't the FA Cup. If we can go up, then, then that's a priority. And time, times have changed a little bit from when we, even when we were playing. Um, players are quite comfortable being rested. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we, we're not. Like, we, we'd be smashing down, like, Bow, myself, Scotty Park, everybody was just smashing down clo, um, doors if we were rested. <laughs> yeah. If we were dropped, we could handle drops, but don't, don't, not rested. I mean, that's what we're there to do. And the games are now even, as I say, it's, it's different now. Mm. Um, so I think um, but again you have to change with certain things and have to look at it differently um, and yeah I mean Bose won four, four league games on the bounce and they're in, a, they're in a decent they're going in the right direction at the moment
2: Excellent and just finally um, I wanted to ask uh, of course this week about another one of your former teammates Darren Pitcher yeah. uh, sadly passed away uh, last weekend, he also played in that back to the valley game. Was in uh, scored yeah. the winner, of course, at Ewood Park in the FA Cup. He was he was well loved by Charlton fans, and uh, such a sad, uh, a, a sad loss to see him go. Uh it was a, yeah,
6: it, 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 I couldn't believe it. Um, again, you share so many memories and um, times that people don't see behind on the training ground in the on the coaches going up and um, in the changing rooms. I remember. As I say, Darren obviously welcomed me when I entered back to Valley. So I back up to West Ham and then went there. Um, he was a no-nonsense kind of midfield. At the time, back. then he got into midfield. Um, and at times, sometimes not as rated as what we we rated him as. Um, because we knew what he brought. But a genuine fantastic fella. Um, I was really uh, obviously disappointed and upset um, when I heard about it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a good feeling mm. because, um, again, the camaraderie that we, we had um, and, the, and how many people helped me get settled in at, at, at Charlton and give me the reason why I, want, I wanted to stay for 12 years was people like Darren Pitcher, Tommy Kate, and people, all those people when I arrived there, um, Bob Boulders. I mean, so for me, Pitch was one of those people. Um, so I'd be sorely missed, that's for sure um and at such a young age yeah such a young age of course
2: So there we go. That was John Robinson uh, with some very kind words, of course, about uh, Darren Pitcher towards the end. But I mean, what a great interview with with, with Robbo. um, It was an absolute pleasure to to get to speak to him earlier. I mean, Cliff Scale said, you won't find many uh, that played for Charlton with his passion. You could tell it meant everything to him playing for this club. One of my favourite moments was his celebration when he equalised at home to Man United. United, To make it (laughs) 3-3 when we've been 3-1 down. I didn't even get a chance to ask him about that. So many things I could have asked him about. Uh, As I say, one of my uh, favourites, Tony said, uh, what an absolute legend, Uh, became my favourite player when Gary Nelson left and just loved his passion and everything uh, about him. I mean, it it was so great to hear from him.
1: No, it was... was, the uh, the heads on the back and neck and the old spine tingles when he's, when he's talking about the uh, the player final he may be nervous again it's
2: incredible what he said about so he said that he'd taken two penalties before and missed them both we spoke to Kings last week he said he'd taken six <laughs> or seven and missed them all like, I don't <laughs> know did we win that, that, we win shirt. that no one, no one had ever scored one before probably
1: right? yeah the finest penalty take was probably Sean Newton and his was an absolute <laughs> uh, dog's breakfast right?
2: yeah right uh, Mick C said on Channel Live hello Louie happy birthday Terry of course during, uh, during Cheers, the week he says uh, was John Robson sitting in a chicken?" Yeah, uh, during the interview some we funny made, noises we made in the background. <laughs> yeah we did hear we did hear one at one point i think but he's obviously out in the states on now. his farm yeah uh in, enjoying life uh, he's, he runs some sort of football academy over there now and uh yeah but, chickens yeah can't wait to see him <laughs> can't wait to meet him properly when he comes over for the dinner uh next sunday and i think you can still get your tickets i've tweeted out the link for the china fleet community trust playoff final anniversary dinner 20 years or just over 20 years now of course since that incredible day now Uh, Robbo is not the only person coming back most of the uh, squad from 1998 will be at that dinner Uh, and of course the manager Alan Kerbisley and you can't have a playoff uh, dinner, playoff final dinner without this man now we're going to hear, I mean like I said it's wall Legends at the moment on Channel Live we had Kinsella a few weeks ago uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had John Robertson on this evening, now on this Thursday we've got another exclusive interview with this man
3: I mean, during that, I mean, again, so many penalties have been taken so far, so you're just trying to use every trick in the book just to try and unsettle uh, the person that's taking the penalty kick. So, obviously, I try my very best to, uh, you know, uh, intimidate my opponent, mm. um, obviously not realising, uh, you know, the state of mind Michael Gray was in at the time, but... Um, you know, I tried to use every trick in the book, staring so in the eyes. You know, you know you're not going to score past me, and so on. Getting my line just before the penalty kick was taken, just trying to settle as much as I can. And uh, obviously, when when uh, Michael took that penalty, and I my body movement was going in that direction anyway. But as soon as he struck the ball,
2: uh, I already had a glare on
3: my face before <laughs> I even caught the ball.
1: He could have just chucked his out on
2: it, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's Sasa Illich Will be joining us on Thursday evenings, Charlton Live. Uh, what, a, you know, another Charlton hero of mine again. I've got to speak to him this afternoon. Uh, but so we're here. At, he's for full interview on on Thursday evenings, Charlton Live. Uh, and again, another man you can meet at the uh, the playoff final dinner coming up next Sunday. You can still get your tickets, but you best hurry up if you want to come along and meet all these absolute Charlton heroes. Now, thanks to John Robertson, Ancestry, which we've run out of time on this evening's Charlton Live. I'm glad we've been able to cheer everyone up after yesterday's FA Cup uh, defeat uh, by listening to, to John Robinson. Um, and I hope you you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for all your, your tweets and your emails as well. You've kept us going uh, throughout this e- this evening. Tom, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Lee. I'll see you tomorrow. And you, Terry. Thank you. We're, uh, thanks, tom- everyone. Yeah, tomorrow evening we will be at the Football Supporters Federations uh, Awards uh, ceremony. We've been nominated for Club Podcast of the Year. We we'll have everything crossed to see uh, if we win. We'll let you know as soon as we do uh, if we have win. I can't imagine we will have because I imagine there's some pretty good podcasts out there. But we're going to enjoy the evening. And thanks to all of you listeners for listening throughout the season, which means. We get to go to this award ceremony. Fingers crossed if we win. Uh, I, I hopefully, I'll come in on first. I'll probably still be hungover, but uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> right, this has been Charlton Live. Uh, I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for for Lee Bayo for giving us a chat, and of course John Robinson as well. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back here on Thursday evening with our exclusive interview uh, with Sasarich and we look forward to seeing you then. See you later. <laughs>